definitely human. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, Wanderers of the Wastelands! This is The Bunker. My name is David. My name is also David. And my name's Tom. And in some small way, we are your travelling companions as you journey through the landscape of life. And remember, your inevitable death is not to be taken literally. It merely represents a change that the planet is going through. Uh, So, Dave, how's the traffic looking out there? Well, David, with fiery Mars in the sky, temperatures are set to soar into the stratosphere. Wastelanders should therefore plan accordingly. Dig a burrow, cover yourself in cool, wet mud, and lay low for a while. Try to channel your energies into love and sex, rather than anger and killings. Coming up on today's show, we've got a short story about greed, an interview with musician Jonathan Day, and of course, today's topic, which is dreams. But first... Poverty, gone. Disease, a thing of the past. Hard work? (laughs) I don't think so. Well, what about global warming? It's not so bad. World War Three? That's what robots are for. And who needs to worry about heartache when you can design and print your perfect partner online? Yes, we've never had it so good. Our modern world is practically perfect in every way. There's just one little problem. It's so boring. Do you yearn for the days of struggle and hard-won victories? Do you fantasise about stepping into the shoes of your great-great-grandparents and their horrible but exciting lives? Gibson Virtual Reality Tours can take you on a whirlwind roller coaster of adventure and misery. 
Starting with a humiliating scene at your cramped and poorly lit office, you'll be made redundant by your balding, pot-bellied boss and sent home without pay. Your urban hovel will be a site of pure horror, with rabid dogs roaming the streets and howling babies behind paper-thin walls guaranteed to give you what historians call a migraine. Once home, your disappointingly plain romantic partner will berate you at length over your inability to provide for them and your failure to satisfy them in bed. From there, you'll be whisked to the dingy alley behind your apartment where you'll be summarily beaten by thugs. Choose from our list of belligerents including screaming crackheads, corrupt drug enforcement agents and actual Hitler. The simulation ends with you being dragged, kicking and screaming to the dole office, where all your friends will be gathered to point at you and laugh. Gibson Virtual Reality Tours is your portal into the good old days. Book your ticket now. Oh, hi, Tom. Um... I was wondering if I could have a word. Yeah, take a seat. What's up? Well, I've just been thinking. We've been here in the bunker for a while now, and I'm starting to to question who I am. I mean, who are we, Tom? What are we doing here? What's our purpose? Are we just surviving? Is that it? Is that all there is? You know, before the big headache, I had plans. I had ambition. There were things I wanted to do. I was marching forwards. I had momentum and motivation. Life made sense. Goals were signposted for me, like helpful hoops I could jump through. Go to school, go to college, go to university, get a job, get a girlfriend, get married, have kids, get a promotion, get another promotion, get another promotion. It's like my life was a straight line, a one-way road, a beautiful control system that left no room for variation and uncertainty. It made sense to me, but now, what are you eating? I don't know, it's um, some sort of delicious spiky cake. I found it growing in the wasteland last month. Tom, that is probably severely poisonous. No, no, it's okay. What's the saying? If it tastes good, it's not bad. Mm, that's not a saying. Actually, I've been meaning to ask you, when did we fill the bunker with water? Never. We never did that. It's very pretty, but it makes it a little difficult to breathe, you know? Tom? Tom? Oh dear. Hello. My name is Professor Adam Corswell, but you can call me Professor. <laughs> That's just a little joke I like to play on my students. I'm actually a very approachable guy. Unfortunately, I'm dead. Or at least I will be by the time you hear this transmission. That's a real bummer. However, some semblance of me will live on through my voice here on this transmission and programmed into many of my anthropomorphic AI creations, such as the popular interview bot. Today, I'd like to talk to you about dreams. Once upon a time, on a little island called Britain, anthropologist Robin Dunbar came up with an estimated number of people with whom individuals could maintain social relationships. It turns out 
that we can deal with about 100 to 230 people. Beyond that, we simply don't have the mental capacity to care. That wasn't such a problem back in the old days, when humankind lived in little settlements and married their cousins. But these days, we are all exposed to the vastness of our species in metropolises of concrete and glass, where people scurry about like ants. But unfortunately, without the collective consciousness that analogy suggests, despite living in the age of the internet, many of us are still mistrustful of other tribes, and more still can't bring themselves to empathize with anyone outside of their social bubble. And yet we carry on. We build bigger and bigger cities, both in the physical world around us and the ethereal wonderland of the online network. And what a world it has become. A shimmering utopia, where the pursuit of distraction is an ideological dream. Where the government bends over backwards to ensure we're safe, secure, and constantly observed. A world where every electronic device monitors and predicts our behaviours and interests, ensuring advertisements are unique to individuals, and building a symbiotic relationship between the people and the corporations. Yes, despite our evolutionary setbacks, we've managed to build our dream world. But it is only a dream. It's a construction, a fabrication, a set of rules that we've made up to give our lives meaning. The order we build is in direct defiance of the natural state of the universe we inhabit, chaos. This perfect reality we've created can't possibly last. Despite our best efforts, nature always finds a way to infest and corrupt our progression. Last year, the world government rejected my proposal to implant tiny robots into children's brains. Their cowardice and ignorance has doomed our species, for without mind alteration, humankind will always suffer from tribalism and apathy. Our base, animalistic drives will ultimately be our downfall. In fact, I predict we have 200 years tops before the total collapse of civilization. That is why I built the Deus Ex Machina, a device that holds all the power and information necessary to restart the world. The Deus Ex Machina shall be used to rebuild a new utopia out of the ashes of the old. And should that civilization fall, the device will be there to rebuild again and again until the end of time. The world we inhabit is a fantasy, a dream, a castle of the mind. Imagination is our greatest tool, for without it, the construction of modern society seems superficial and arbitrary, and the bright colours and pleasant sounds that occupy our time would fail to resonate. Our world would be fundamental and grey. I hope you agree with me that our salvation lies in perception, that happiness relies on our ability to pretend, and that dreams are better than the awful, awful reality. I'm Professor Adam Causewell, founder of Happiness Inc. Thank you for your time. If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Bunker, and we are David, David, and Tom, nestled into the metaphorical womb of our underground lair. It's a beautiful morning here in the wasteland. The sun is shining and the birds are screaming. Always screaming. Uh, coming up, we've got a short story and an interview with a storyteller. But first, something to edutain you? 
Today we're going to talk about magical realism. Magical realism is a genre or style of art most commonly found in literature that typically presents a real-world setting and then implements some magical occurrence. This magic, which we'll use to describe any physically impossible event, is usually intimately connected to the characters, allowing them to, for example, experience different times and places, have out-of-body experiences, connect with another person's mind or control objects. This all occurs in a world that is in every other way as real as what we experience every day. This combination of the real and the magical is designed to make the audience more receptive to improbabilities in the real world, thereby allowing the author to use the mechanics to explore questions about the human experience. Now, the idea of magic occurring in the real world may just sound like fantasy or even surrealism. The truth is, the lines between these genres and magical realism works can be blurry, which leads some to view magical realism more as a literary mode or style rather than a strict genre unto itself. However, we can identify some differences, such as surrealism's focus more on the mind and its interpretation of the world, and fantasy's settings in worlds that are clearly not like our own. So why magical realism? Why tell a story in this style rather than the more commonly recognised surrealism or fantasy? Well, apart from the most obvious answer of why not, magical realism arguably connects us with our past and origins, which still affect our thinking, in a more evocative and compelling way. Magical realism stories sow a thread between our logical, science-dominated existence of today with the uncertain, curious world of our ancient ancestors. A world where eclipses, earthquakes and the stars themselves were not scientifically explainable products, but portents, punishments and signs from an ethereal, alternate, higher plane of existence. A world where magic was not make-believe, but a part of everyday life. Quo. The state in which 
maintaining the way things are. Such is the objective of authority to keep the peace, to repress any ramblings of rebellion, to hold on to some semblance of order. That's the way it's always been. That's right. But the powers that govern us are not always benign. Often we are slaves to systems, to beliefs. We're slaves to addiction, desire, food, drink, TV, clothes, sex, brightly coloured imagery, pop music, computer products. These are all seemingly little things. That's what gets me. Oppression is not a blanket of evil or a, a dark lord upon a throne of skulls. Again and again, we are oppressed by the little things, the day-to-day -day setbacks. Worthless items we feel we can't live without. It's almost as if we want to be oppressed. What are you getting at, James? Well, society has taught us to favour individualism above all things, right? We're each on a journey, the pursuit of happiness. We are each expected to climb our own personal mountain of shit and to measure our success by the wealth we obtain and the worthless items we can't live without. We fight our own personal oppression and we do this by... Yes? By maintaining the status quo. That's become our mission. That's our drive. That's what gets us up in the morning. We strive to maintain the system of control that we are ultimately slaves to. Isn't that crazy? James. Yeah? Shut the fuck up. Sir. This is the bunker, and Tom is dead. He's not dead. He's not? No, look, he's fine. Oh. Oh. Come on, up you get. What is this place? Oh, why are we falling? You see, right as rain. River? There's a river beneath us. Hold on, guys, I'm going in. I'm going. I'm going. Where are you going, Tom? Into the vortex, to the world beneath. Wait, I can see something. Shadows, faces, oh, hands pulling me down. Oh, oh, God! Oh, it itches! Oh, it burns! Oh, oh! He'll be fine. Frank doesn't have a bed to sleep in tonight. He'll be on the street, in the cold and the rain. He'll huddle in a shop door. A damp coat will be his blanket. 
a can of beer his teddy bear. And, as he rests his head back, and the embers of his cigarette slowly burn out, he'll pass away, like thousands of others like him. Do you know what could have saved Frank? That's right. He could have got a job. He could have fitted into our economic system, like a cog in a great big machine. But instead, he chose another path and suffered for it. Don't be like Frank. Be more like George. He's the chairman of a huge bank and is really wealthy. Be like him. Just be like him. When George dies, he'll be in a big bed surrounded by lots of stuff. Be like George. Frank and his kind have no place in our modern society. It's time to let them go. Let them all go. You don't have to do anything. Just keep doing nothing and we'll quietly and discreetly remove Frank and all his kind. You don't even have to worry about it. Just don't worry about it. Stop thinking about it. There. Don't you feel better already? This was a government-sponsored message. You're listening to The Bunker. Coming up now, a traditional Chinese story performed by storyteller and teacher David Heathfield. This is The Island of the Sun. The Island of the Sun. There was once a farmer who had two sons. The older son was selfish and greedy, while the younger son was kind and generous. When the farmer died, the older brother took all of his land for himself, leaving the younger brother with nothing except a basket and a sharp knife with which he could cut firewood. He would go into the forest and chop wood and sell it in exchange for a little rice in the marketplace. He was poor. He had nothing. One day, the young brother climbed through the forest to the top of the mountain, and there he sat upon a rock, gazing out towards the west, where the sun was setting. And as he sat there, all alone, he felt a rush of air from above, and he looked. And there was a bright bird flying down towards him, a huge wingspan. He felt the beating of air, the rush of air. And then it landed next to him. Why do you sit here all alone? I am poor, I have nothing. Is this true or is this false? It is true, I am poor, I have nothing. Then climb on my back, said the mighty bird, and I will carry you to the island of the sun. There 
you may take one piece of gold before I bring you back. He climbed onto the back of the bird and the bird took off. Away from the mountain, the great bird flew. Over the forest, the great bird flew. Over the waters, the great bird flew. To the island of the sun, the great bird flew. And as the bird landed, the sun set behind the island, which glittered brightly. And the boy took one piece of gold. He put it in his basket and climbed onto the back of the great bird. Away from the island the great bird flew. Over the waters the great bird flew. Over the forest the great bird flew. Back to the mountain the great bird flew. The young brother took that piece of gold and went down, out of the forest. And there he bought a small piece of land. And there he reared pigs, cows, and a few hens. He lived well. He worked hard. But one day, his older brother came. Where did you find this wealth, this land? And the young brother told him. I want this. Give me that old basket and your knife. And the older brother set off up through the forest. And when he came to that mountain, he sat upon a rock and waited. After a while, he felt a rush of air and a beating of wings was heard. And there, as he gazed towards the west, towards the setting sun, a bird appeared from its bright rays, beating its wings, coming closer. It landed next to him. Why do you sit here all alone? I am poor. I have nothing. Is this true or is this false? It's true. I'm poor. I have nothing. I want gold. Climb on my back, said the great bird. I will take you to the island of the sun. There you may take one piece of gold. Away from the mountain, the great bird flew. Over the forest, the great bird flew. Over the waters, the great bird flew. To the island of the sun, the great bird flew. And as it landed, the sun set behind the island. The older brother looked and saw sparkling gold everywhere. He picked up one piece and placed it in the basket. The basket seems empty. I may as well take another. A second piece he placed in the basket, then a third. He continued picking up the largest chunks of gold until the basket was completely full. Then he turned, and as he turned, he saw that the bird had flown away and the sun was rising. 
He stood there and was burned to a crisp. The young brother inherited his older brother's land. He tended the land well and with love, and what he produced he shared with others of the community. Donnie's deliveries. Jobs big or small, we do them all. Oh yes, hi there. This is David from The Bunker, uh, uh, the Wasteland's hottest broadcast, and we'd like to place a high-priority order for 4,000 custard creams, please. Yeah, that's possible. What you got to trade? Oh, uh, we have a first edition of Tech War. I am in another world, a shadow world, an underworld. All my friends are here. No, Tom. All your friends are dead. Remember? They died long ago. It's just us now. There's a dog. Oh, no. A wolf. He wants me to follow him. He knows the way. Uh, David? Hmm? I was just thinking, do you... Do you have a dream? Dave, I haven't slept for three years. And before that, I don't remember much. So, no, in answer to your question, I don't. Uh, no, uh, what I mean is... Coming up, an interview with Jonathan Day, singer, musician, and all-round awful human being. But first, are you curious about what your future holds other than the inevitable loss of loved ones? Well, so will we. That's why we contacted local shaman, mystic, spiritual leader, and yoga instructor, Martin the Ethereal. Martin, it's a pleasure to speak with you today. The pleasure is all mine, David. Where are you this morning? I'm standing in the Thames Canyon, watching the ghost of a once great and powerful river as it flows through me and ever onwards through memory and time. It's a very moving and provocative experience. Earlier it rained for three minutes and stopped abruptly. And yesterday I saw a cloud that looked like a lamb with a broken leg. I mean, that just says it all, doesn't it? Right. Uh, so, what can you tell us about the future? Well, of course, the future is different for us all. And if you want to understand what lies ahead of you, it's crucial to avoid the superficial and arbitrary and really focus on what's important. Like when you were born. Now, of course, it's March, so it'll be a good month for all you Aries out there. The poisonous gas clouds are in retrograde, which should give you a chance to take off your breathing apparatus and cool down. Enjoy the weather for a change, Aries. The tortoises out there won't be so lucky. You might have had the feeling you're being watched lately. Yeah, that isn't just paranoia. Keep a big stick with you at all times. 
Dress up this month, Geminis, because you're about to meet the love of your life. Unfortunately, you can expect to die very soon to the lung failure that's endemic to your sign, so probably just sleep with everyone you meet. One of them will definitely be your soulmate. It might even be a cancer, but we both know it won't be. This month, Leos will have to watch out for bloody footprints leading towards their bedroom, as this could be portent of danger. But if you're a Virgo, everything's going to just keep ticking along like it always has. Nothing ever really happens to you, does it, Virgo? A romance is going to turn weird and possibly violent for Libras, though. Wow, those people know drama! Hey, Virgos, why don't you try being a bit more like the Libras? Seriously, you're boring the rest of us. Scorpios can look forward to a welcome surprise this month. Maybe those ropes will snap and you'll finally be free. Dream big, Scorpio, and you'll be amazed. Sagittariuses have the chance for a really fun month. Those Tauruses don't know what's coming. They'll let their guard down soon and then you can strike. Now if you're a Capricorn, you'll want to be mindful of your shadow self this month, for it greatly desires your fleshy form. In fact, it'd be wise to avoid all reflective surfaces for a while. Don't get pregnant this month if you're an Aquarius, and if you're a Pisces, well, what are you still doing here? Your time is over now, Pisces. Go, depart these lands and never return. And for those of you who belong in the 13th sign, be patient. Your time will come, and the world will surely tremble in your wake. David. Dave. David. Dave. Have you ever loved someone? Strange question. It's just, I'm trying to work out what I need to give my life meaning, to make it all worth it. I think I was happiest when I had people in my life that I loved. I think that's right. It was so long ago. Maybe, 
maybe there is someone out there, someone who can make me happy. I just need to find them. Maybe there's someone for all of us. Dave, are you seriously suggesting that somewhere out there is a radio station hosted by three people who are just like us? No, no, I, I don't think that's how love works. I don't think they have to be just like us. If you say so. David, don't you feel like, I don't know, like it's become easy to not really be here? Does that make sense? I feel like I'm in standby mode. I'm not truly myself anymore. I guess I find it easier to lock away my feelings in a box in my brain and paint a smile on my face. But it's been so long, I can't find that little box of me. I can't be sure it's even there anymore. I feel like I've become the thing I was pretending to be, like my mask is all that's left of me. And underneath, there's nothing. Do you know what I mean? David? Oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. I was too busy setting up our next segment, a fascinating interview with Jonathan Day. Enjoy. John Day is a musician. He releases his music with Quiet Marauder and under his own name, John Day. His most recent release, Men, is a 111-song four-disc epic, charting the path of the male psyche through love, rejection, breakdown, madness, intoxication, and resolution. He joins me today to discuss his work. Hello, Jonathan. Tell us a bit about Quiet Marauder. Quiet Marauder um, is the product of a man named Simon M. Reed, who is a musician in Cardiff, who I've known for a long, long time. And uh, he wrote a bunch of songs because he had a bit of a, a f sexy meltdown and needed to vent some emotional stuff. And uh, and he asked me to come and play uh, some bits on there. Um, and it turned out that we have a really good working relationship and we started writing songs really well together. And we somehow managed to rope in a bunch of other idiots who are also pretty good musicians. And things have quickly spiralled out of control from there. Your first album has 111 songs. Dear God, why? Because we um, wrote f lots of songs and thought that uh, it would just sort of be really funny to release a 111 song album. We wrote lots of songs and we found that they were kind of, many of them were thematically linked-ish. So we, we seem to be writing lots of songs about mental health or lots of things about what it is to be a modern man and the masculinity crisis. And quite a lot of things with pointless cultural references. Um, so all these kind of fell under similar banners. So we thought, why why bother releasing six albums worth of material over a spaced out period? Why not just release it as one ridiculous chunk um, and then retroactively fit a concept around it? You made an EP about Alan Shearer. Elaborate. Um, we think that Alan Shearer is inherently hilarious. And I don't really know why. I have tried to explain this to lots of people since since we produced this little EP, um, and no one else has seemed to have got it. But we th we thought it was really funny, and we wrote a song about him being a time traveller and going back and getting killed by the communists during the Cold War. Um, and then we expanded that out to a short EP. So there's a really really super fun story about uh, Alan Shearer essentially going back and altering history to become. He goes back in time as a kind of tourist because he has access to a rudimentary time machine and ends up building himself as a sort of cultural messiah by laying, laying seeds of himself throughout history and, and then he's assassinated uh, during the Cold War. Um, we managed to... I th well, I think we managed to get a copy to him, understandably. I, I think he might have been a bit weirded out because we never heard back from him. But Alan Shearer, I'm certain, has listened to Alan Shearer, uh, time traveller Alan Shearer, 
piano ballad about him being a time traveller. That, that makes me quite pleased. As a human, you need to sleep. And when you sleep, you dream. Why? Um, I, I don't... I don't really know. You also perform solo. When you have an idea, does it develop in a linear fashion? Or do you end up with something completely different? The, that varies quite a lot. My, my general process of, of writing, writing something would be um, it almost always starts with some music. So if that's uh, playing the guitar or playing piano or whatever, I'll have a piece of music that I think I could probably sing something over this or this sounds quite cool or I could do something with that. And then I will just mumble words that don't mean anything um, into a melody that sounds nice. And I will keep on mumbling until I have a sentence that sounds quite cool. And then I will think, oh, what, that sen- what does that sentence sound like? What would follow that sentence? And then I'll come up with something, and then what will follow that? And then after three or four sentences, done in that way, it might sound like the beginning of a story or the middle of a story or the end of a story, or it sounds like it'll have a concept around it. And I'm kind of hoping that my subconscious will pick out uh, threads, and then they can they can sort of expand into a song. And it, I quite like fragmentary images in songs rather than necessarily than a linear narrative. And that lends quite well to that. But then sometimes I will just have a line or an idea uh, for, for something that just develops really straightforward. That, you know, I'll have some, I want to write a song about uh, a penguin that explodes in a flat in Barnsley. Or then sometimes I might have a line in my head that's, your table is made out of bones, that's really nice. And I'll think, what will be the next line after that? And et cetera, et cetera. Until the song happens. I think I had a dream once. It was small and had four legs. It purred when I stroked it. Was that a dream? I think that was a cat. Agree to disagree. Your songs are often about other people. Why do you tell stories and make up characters instead of singing about yourself? What are you trying to hide? Um, I'm trying to hide that I am a terrible person and I don't want anyone to know about that. I think there's a thing with... there's a preconception about singer-songwritery types. And I, I sing and play with an acoustic guitar, and that's simply because my voice sounds really shitty when it's paired with an electric guitar, and anything I write on the piano sounds really pretty, so you can't sing... It's more difficult to sing wonky, weird songs over really pretty piano pieces. But So the acoustic guitar lends itself quite nicely to it. But there's a preconception about singer-songwriters that they all have to be earnest, and they have to sing about their feelings and their beliefs and blah. No one really wants to know about that. There's enough of those people out there. I don't really want to sing about emotions. I want to sing about silly stories and strange scenarios. Sometimes when I go into standby mode, another program starts running and I see blood and viscera and so many bodies. Is that a dream? I... Why tell stories through music? Um, it's that I like telling stories. Um, it just happens that I that I'm I feel really comfortable playing music around it. Um, I have I've learned because I I I I write things. Just I put the typey typey fingery stuff and try to do the writing. But I found that I my brain lacks the conviction to see any stories through for a particularly long period of time. So doing it over a two and a half to three and a half minute long series of chords um, is uh, is a more manageable way for me to tell stories. And plus people and people can fill in the gaps there. You, you leave it up to them. You don't need to 
You don't need to put all those other words in there that explain things. You don't need to say how nice the grass is or how silvery the moon is. You can just say moon and grass and people will just assume it's green and silvery, respectively. Yeah. Of all the careers, being a musician is probably the easiest, right? I mean, that's why all musicians are famous and wealthy. Why did you decide to take the easy road in life? Um, uh, no, I don't think there is any... I don't think there's any realistic possibility that I'm ever going to make any kind of money or impact off, or, uh, or living off of playing music, unfortunately. That is just a, 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 gr- a grim, brick-walled reality that I have to live within. So I have to do real people, real three-dimensional human jobs to fund the terrible habit I have of needing to eat to stay alive. Someday I will be the most powerful interview robot in the world. Is that a dream? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes, I, su- I suppose it is. So all dreams are simply achievable goals? Well, I, I don't think... All my dreams will come true. I will make them come true. Ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha. Right, right, yeah, right. Mm. This is The Bunker, a radio station for you fine people out there in the wastelands. Every month we take precious time out of our survival schedule to bring joy and hope to you. As Yates put it, tread softly because you tread on my face. It's tread softly because you tread on my dreams. No, Dave, that's impossible. Dreams occur in the mind during sleep and cannot be interacted with in the physical realm. So, Tom, how are you feeling now? I've noticed you've taken off all your clothes and painted elaborate and disturbing images all over the kitchen wall. Oh. Hello, David. I have ventured through the portal and I have come out unscathed. I feel stronger now. Better, even. I've seen the light and I return to this world ready for whatever life throws at me. Well, that must be very nice for you. Life isn't going to throw anything at you, Tom. Look at us. Look at where we are. We exist in a void, totally untouched by life. Dave! Dave, I'd expect that kind of nonsense from Tom, but not from you. Guys, come on! This is the bunker. Every day is a riot. Remember when Tom put all the cutlery in one drawer? Not just all the knives, but forks and spoons as well. It took me hours to sort them back into their correct colour-coded compartments. And, And Dave, do you remember when you fell asleep at a slightly awkward angle and you spent the next two days complaining about how much your neck ached? Every day is a new adventure. Honestly, the years just fly by. Yeah, I guess you're right. Of course I am. Now stop feeling like such a pathetic little loser and go and put the kettle on. Okay. The bombard burst and blossomed and blew the map out of my hand. I returned to a strange land. Mapless in the wilderness, Tell me, how does any man start from the start, be it Norland or Newfoundland? Not I, at least, not being strong enough to face again the mountainous aching gales, or the long humming vacuum, when nothing loudly resounds.
Tell me from the start. I returned to a strange land and blew the map out of my hand. Mapless in the wilderness, the bombard burst. When nothing loudly resounded. Not I, at least, not being strong enough to face again the mountainous aching gale, or the long humming vacuum when nothing blossomed. It took a long time, or it seemed to take a long time, before I could read, well, for instance, what the sea said when it rustled away in a flurry of gossipy phrases over the pebbles, unnecessarily emphasizing this business of having a date with the tides. I returned to a strange land when nothing loudly resounded. I wonder if the great swinging stars, with all their glittering wall of flattering satellites, mega this and mega that light years away. And what? Wonder if wonder is only another measure of their and our ignorance of the infinitesimal domain, creature that folks and wonders in my smallest bed. And may, for all I will ever know, be worthier cosmic love than I. I returned to a strange land, mega this, mega that, light years away, in my smallest face, out of my hand. Of the show. But we'll be back again next month. That's right, Tom. We're not going anywhere. Ever. <laughs> and I leave you with this final thought. While it's true we are little more than bags of meat and bones clinging to a rock that's hurtling through the vast darkness of space and the entire existence of our species will be nothing more than a heartbeat in the emblematic body of the universe, humans have aspirations. Whether we recognize it or not, Life has presented us with a choice. Do we pursue happiness or find joy in the little things? If we decide that obtaining knowledge and perhaps material goods is our cup of tea, we will have something to strive towards. We might achieve goals and gain wealth. There is satisfaction to be had from starting from scratch and building an empire, but you will have to put up with constant brain-bursting stress as a consequence, as well as the slow realization that achievements fail to satisfy your hunger for more. If you decide to simply get by synthesizing happiness, you will probably be a more contented person in general. But at what cost? Is there a right way to live? It's often said we should strive to be more than our base animalistic drives. Humans pride themselves on their potential to be more than simply human. We dream of something great, some higher form of being, some transcendental state. But is that true clarity or simply a hallucination?
was the bunker, All Your Friends Are Dead. Hosted by David Knight, David Price and Tom Dalling. Starring Matthew Woodcock, Katie Turner, James Naylor, Derek Elwood, Pippa Caddick, Robert Hall, Daniel James, Caroline Spencer, George Pierce, Alexis McDougall, Lee Yan Chak and Molly Small. Today's topic was performed by Professor Adam Corswell. Adam is the founder of Happiness Inc., a leader in globalised corporate entities. If you haven't heard of them, don't worry. They will soon dictate every aspect of your life. The short story was The Island of the Sun, performed by storyteller and teacher David Heathfield. David is the author of Storytelling with Our Students, Techniques for Telling Tales from Around the World. Find out more at davidheathfield.co.uk. Today's interviewee was Jonathan Day. You can listen to Jonathan's music by visiting quietmarauder.co.uk or climb inside his horrible brain at badlytimedhumancombustion.tumblr.com. The music was by Kia Doherty, Jonathan Day, Tom Dalling, Ben Osborne and freesound.org. And the song was Return to a Strange Land by Tom Dalling with words from Randall Swingler. This episode was written by David Knight, David Price and Maximilian John. If you like what you hear, please consider donating to our cause and or sharing the podcast with loved ones. You can find us at thebunkerpodcast.com. Philistines of the Wasteland. We are the proud and merry members of the Dionysus Theatre Group. Last month, our beloved leader, Robert Swinton, travelled to your sector. Alas, he has not returned. We are forced to conclude that some ill fate has befallen him. My name is Lawrence Three. I am Robert's right-hand man, and knowing him like I do, it is my personal belief that he has wronged you in some way. It is therefore understandable if you have caged him with murder on your mind, but before you pass sentence, I urge you, heed my words. This message is an appeal for forgiveness. Let our leader go. Return him to us, or we shall be forced to take action. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.